You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Emilio live in Tennessee, and we got a special guest on tonight, Mr. Jake Shavink, live down there in Mobile, Alabama, obviously uh, down at the Reese's Senior Ball. I'll tell you what, Jake, you get a little sun on your face. You're kind of looking like a like a young Bradley Cooper over there, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it looks like I was auditioning uh, for the Hangover trilogy um, <laughs> right now. So, stuck yeah, the sun came out uh, uh, in uh, in spades today, but it, it was a great day out there. It was I, I've been doing this down here for a few years, and we've gotten some brutal weeks where it's like the wind chills in the 30s, uh, yeah. and just to have it be 60 out there all week is going to be awesome. Oh yeah, missed it by a week. Missed it by a week. Imagine yeah. with all the snow down there. <laughs> yeah, it, it apparently poured all last week too, and it's just oh yeah, it was a mess. So, got lucky. Hey, that's that's what you want to hear though, right? That's what you want to see. So, yeah. it's stuff. Um, we won't keep you long. I know you've had a long day. I've seen your tweets, been following you all day long, man. It's been awesome coverage. Let's just kind of give you the floor, man. Get your takeaways. Obviously, today, if I understood correctly, they had a morning practice and then an, uh, I guess, uh, an early afternoon practice as well, where they split the teams up. What's jumped off the field to you, Jake? Well, I, I think right now, you know, obviously everybody's talking about the one-on-ones, and you know, as a corner, it's very tough to to show out in one v ones against receivers. They have the whole field. They have leverage whatever direction they want to go to win, you know, with their route running. It's 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 almost like, you know, even solid receivers are going to win. So for for Quinian Mitchell from Toledo to come out and just erase some dudes immediately in the 1v1s, then go out in the sevens, go out in the teams, show he's coverage versatile, make plays. He broke up like three passes all day today in the morning. I mean, you can stamp it in. You can do the Jair, you know, the strap. He it's locked. It's first round is locked for Quinian Mitchell for for from what I'm concerned after today. I think the real concern with him was like, yeah, he had two elite elite years in the MAC, but it's the MAC, and he comes out here against top competition and says, you know what? No, nah, I'm just going to dominate these guys as well. So, <laughs> I, I think there's there's not much else to say about Quinya Mitchell. I think you know from the there were some other DBs that stood out, but I think with all of like the the anticipation for him to be down here and him kind of creeping up into round one on some of the mock drafts, it was kind of like, all right, let's see what he's got, and he he delivered in a big way. I don't expect him to be like kind of the one and done that you kind of see from some of these guys because I think he wants to be out there. So I, I'm excited for two more days of him because he is he is every bit what he has been sold as so far. Gotcha. So we got him wrote down. Quinion Mitchell, 
Um, obviously going to be, you think he's the top corner hands down down here. Yeah. Down here. I think he is. I, I think there, there were some others who had some solid days overall. I think a lot, the Auburn DBs did really well in the afternoon. Uh, Jalen Simpson at safety was reading guys well with, you know, with reading for the safety position that they're two, they're two corners, Pritchett and, uh, and James were playing well, physical ball, but it was just, it was kind of Mitchell's show in the morning. And he was just, it was, Hey, you're going to target me. Yeah. That's going to be incomplete, buddy. Uh, it's just, he just came out and, and just took over. It was, it was awesome. That's what's up right there, man. Um, now I know that there was someone that, that quote tweeted Dane Brugler, yesterday i think it was matt schneidman actually i wanted to ask you about this because it really it kind of took me back a little bit i didn't realize just how many people the how many guys the packers had drafted that you know that had performed in the in the senior bowl i think it was matt schneidman said recent packer draft picks who played in the senior bowl jordan love Devontae Wyatt, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Kingsley and Igbari, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Dontavian Wicks, and Carl Brooks. I mean, with the exception of Jordan Love, every one of those guys have been in the league, you know, two years or less, right? So um, pretty phenomenal there when you look at just how many people has gotten drafted that performed there in the senior bowl. Do you see anybody as far as, uh, you know, kind of a little preview for the game, you know, the game coming up and really the rest of the are there maybe one or two guys that kind of jump off the field to you as to say that really fits the mold for the Packers that just kind of, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can just tell, yeah, that's, that's a Packers build there. People are going to love this. I guarantee it. Cause the first one that comes to mind is Max Melton. Genuinely. Oh, first one that comes to mind, like he, and, and obviously it's, it's, it's the brother connection, right? <laughs> People are like, well, that's easy, but like just the way he moves out there and just how steady he plays. Like there were just times where, okay, he's, you know, he gets beat because, you know, the receivers are favored to win in all these 1v1s. But you see him just – he's not hanging his head out there. He's determined every rep. He's just he's, – he's going about the day the right way. And he's giving it all on every rep. And just yeah, – oh, yeah, just to the inside-out versatility potentially could provide this defense playing corner. I, I To me, that was the first name that jumped out immediately. It was just like, that's a Packer right now. Mm-hmm. Like him, I – Obviously, we already mentioned Mitchell, but like that was Melton was the one. I'm like, yeah, if, if any of these corners are going to be Packers, it feels like it's going to be him. Heck yeah! And he, I think I've seen you tweet something about his speed too. Is he just as quick as Bo? Yeah, he was the fastest DB of the of the morning practice. Uh, they, they show that up like during afternoon practice, so we don't get those speeds from the afternoon guys until you know until someone reports them or or they're shown on the screen tomorrow morning, but. Yeah, Melton was the fastest DB out there, and so faster than Mitchell, faster than all those guys. Uh, and and we saw it, you know, last year. Who who led the tight ends? Tw- top twenty miles per hour, Luke Musgrave, right? right. Athletes, 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 athletes for Goody, and and Melton will check that box for sure. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Good stuff. Now, as far as specific positions for the Packers, right, and and what you may or may not see down there at the Senior Bowl, you know, one of the things that that I've kind of talked about over and over and over is safety, right? Safety is just that spot that I feel like we've got to shore up. Now, there's a chance that we could attack it in free agency and get a couple of bargains possibly. Maybe it's a Geno Stone or a, 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 a Lohi Gilman from the L.A. Charge or someone like that. Is there anyone you're expecting to really keep your eye on as far as a safety position down there at the uh, at the Senior Bowl? Any, anybody come to mind there? Yeah, obviously Cam Kitchens comes to mind immediately, right? I mean, you know. One of the few juniors that are down there this week, uh, Brian. I see Brian in the comments asking me practice. He was out there. He wasn't wearing five. He was wearing twenty four, and that kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Where's Kenshin's? Where?" And I'm seeing a Miami helmet. I'm like, "Well, he's not wearing five, so that was weird." But he yeah. looks fluid. He looks rangy out there. They were, you know, he great feel on a double move in, in sevens and in uh, and in the one v ones. He didn't make any splash plays, but like there was nothing out there where it looked like, oh, he's uncomfortable with you know with the coverage they're playing here. He's uncomfortable, you know, carrying a, carrying a tight end or carrying a receiver, right? When he, when he comes into his area, like he looked comfortable out there. But I think the other one, for sure, is Bo Braid from Maryland. Uh, he was out there in the afternoon with Kinchins. Uh, dude was all over the place making plays. Uh, he blew up a screen uh, in the 11s late in practice. It just it, he, the movement skills look really good with him. I know PFF wasn't his big. I, I don't think PFF's his biggest fan in terms of what he graded out as. But like the way he moves and diagnoses, and it looks like you know he can. They can stick him on the roof. They they let him creep into the box and make some plays down there. He looks comfortable, you know, taking on guys there, and he can he can lay a hit or two. He he. 
you know, they they kind of trying to avoid contact, but it's kind of inevitable, right? When you got the pads on, the helmets on, kind of came downhill on a run, you know, late in practice and kind of laid a running back out. Really wasn't <laughs> supposed to do it, but you know, it's inevitable. But what he, was the reaction like? Oh yeah, you get the oohs and ahs for sure. Uh-huh. And I, I know, I know. Uh, Cole Bishop was another one in the early morning who did the same thing, and you heard the pop, and we were up way way like the 50 yard line way up in the stands but you could hear the pop when he did it so like the safeties are coming down and hitting and but braid is doing kind of a little bit of everything and he can kind of you know depending on what you know coverage or defense you're in he he kind of feels you know pretty versatile got it yeah what about the uh the guy someone tweeted i think it was ben uh, i can't remember the the last name it tweeted about a six foot seven wide receiver what is yeah. that all about? Why? How have I not yeah, heard man. about this cat? Yeah, man, Johnny. Well, probably because his teammate Keon Coleman is was you know so lauded and and you know had a big you know few games and big moments for Florida State. But Johnny Wilson, yeah, six six and an eighth, two thirty seven, uh, playing receiver down there. He didn't have the best day. He had some drops. He looked a little uncomfortable trying to separate from some guys, but right could be a tight end conversion there. So I mean, he you you notice him immediately. He's why. You know, you kind of take a break from practice right in betweens, and he was in the afternoon group, and you see it, you just can tell it's him walking out there. He's just he looks like a pass rusher playing receiver. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, like it's just Chandler Jones or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he literally looks like this like just pass rusher with a bunch of length, and you're like, Oh wait, that's a receiver, huh? Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Good that's luck fun. with that. That's fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. All right, man. Well. We don't want to keep you on here too long. We appreciate you taking uh, taking time here on short notice. I know you need to get some rest and get ready for tomorrow. Another practice session tomorrow, right? Yep, same times. It'll be the same. You know, the same teams are going in the same spot. So 9.30, 11.30, and 12 to 2. Uh, should be a lot of fun. I know there was – everybody was looking for QB talk a lot on the, on the big networks today, but I, I'm sure we'll see a lot more from that position. And I'm sure from offensive and defensive line, which I know Packers fans are very um, – very interested in too. Absolutely. So, well, if you can if you can carve out a, a few minutes tomorrow evening, if we do go live, maybe we could talk about that. That'd be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, Let's do it. We appreciate you so much, Jay. Get some rest, buddy. Get some sunscreen too. All right. You're looking healthy. You're looking <laughs> yeah, I know. Looking we'll we'll, we'll get that taken care of for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, appreciate right. you. Thank that you guys. Jake Shabink from the It's Always Draft Season podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Jake NFL Draft. Um, just a, a great follow, great dude. So mm-hmm. good at what he does, man. Pretty cool, Emilio, having uh, having boots on the ground down there. No one better to do it than Jake, right? Oh, that's the truth, man. He is he is awesome, man. I love all of his points. I was I hopped into. I think it was uh, one of the nights we were off. Hopped into one of his. He was going off for like two hours about prospects. I just threw in a couple. I mean, it was unreal the amount he has yeah, stored up there. Yeah, I don't know how he does it, man. If I don't have notes in front of me, I'm freaking out. And Jake's just like, oh yeah, this guy. Yeah, we played peewee ball. <laughs> about I don't know seven seven and a quarter miles south of Valdosta State. Yep. And although they recruited him, he ended up going to school in a small community college in California. It's like how how the hell do you know all this? <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't remember what I ate last night. Like, <laughs> so anyway, good stuff. Yeah, I agree. Brian Jake is the man, no doubt about it, man. Uh, United Base says Jake yep. is a player encyclopedia. That he is. That he is. So. Um, awesome. We're trying a different setup tonight. I kind of look like Casper the Ghost in here this evening. We'll get, to, get we'll get the colors set back up, but uh, we've been adjusting some settings and trying to trying to learn, you know, test the limits, if you will, and what we can do with this setup. I'm excited about that moving forward. Been getting great feedback today too, man. It's been a good day for sure. Um, obviously, we had some news kind of break, and Tim did message me. He's not going to be able to make it on tonight. He's taking the night off, so um, appreciate him. And we will see him tomorrow for Good Morning Lambo. But today, Emilio, we got some news um, that another potential defensive coordinator, right, uh, in Green Bay, as they requested to speak to Zachary Orr. I'm just going to call him Zach Orr. I've heard people call him both. But uh, Zach Orr, for those of you who don't know, um, actually was a linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just going to pull up his bio real quick here and uh, and kind of give you guys a snapshot. I like this right here. First of all, Jake Shabink says Casper, Casper the Ghost, <laughs> Bradley Cooper in the Hangover. LOL, you got it, man. You got it, buddy. Um, all right, so Zachary Orr, inside linebacker coach for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, seven years experience. Says Zach Orr is in his second season as a Ravens inside linebacker coach. Prior to, to rejoining Baltimore, Orr spent one season, 2021, as the Jacksonville Jaguars outside linebackers coach. 
He has served in various roles on Baltimore's coaching staff since he transitioned to coaching in 2016 following his retirement from the NFL due to a hmm. gentle, I think is how you say it, neck slash spine condition. Um or was originally signed as a rookie free agent inside linebacker by the Ravens in 2014. So here we've got a former NFL player, right? Played for the Ravens, came back, coached in, uh, like like they said, in Jacksonville with the outside linebackers there for one year, and then came back to Baltimore and is coaching the inside linebackers. Now in 2022, Ravens inside linebackers Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith were one of only two sets of linebackers, teammates, to record at least 60 tackles, one sack, and one interception after week nine when Smith was acquired by Baltimore, um, Houston, Christian Kirksey, and Christian Harris trade. Um, Queen registered a career and team-high 117 tackles along with career highs and sacks with five uh, quarterback hits with 14 interceptions with two and pass passes the the. Uh, defended or you know deflected, whatever you want to call it, six of those. Under Orr's tutelage, Jack's, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars off outside linebacker Josh Allen became the NFL's only player in 2021 to register a fumble recovery, interception, and sack in the same game, earning AFC Defensive Player of the Week honors Week 9 versus the Bills. In 2020, the Ravens allowed the NFL's second-fewest points per game at 18.9, and produce the number one, I'm sorry, number two third down defense. God, this is hard to read. 34% also registering a league high 25 forced fumbles. The 2019 Ravens allowed the NFL's third fewest points, 17.6, and fourth fewest net yards, 300.6 per game. Um, the Ravens notched the league's fifth-ranked run defense at 93.4 yards per game and were six against the pass at 207.2 yards per game. The Ravens were the the NFL's number one ranked defense in 2018, allowing – thank you, Emilio – allowing an NFL low 292.9 yards per game as well as the league's second lowest – or second fewest points per game at 17.9. Um, yeah, so Orr worked with a Ravens – with a Ravens defensive unit that led the league in both takeaways – 34 and interceptions 22 and 2017. So he's got quite the resume. Got a quick video on him. We got the rest of his resume there too, but we'll just kind of hit on that. That's a lot of reading for one show, especially <laughs> someone who reads on a third grade level. But anyway, here is Zach Orr. Um, this was, if I remember correctly, this was kind of his retirement speech, if you will. And you can see he's wearing a sling on his arm from the neck injury. But just to kind of give you an idea of the type of person he is, the passion he has, that type of thing. Here's Zach Orr, again, someone that the Packers are seeking out to interview as their potential defensive coordinator. Here we go. It's 2014. You're about to go undrafted, but your phone is going to ring, and it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. The odds will be stacked against you to make the team from day one when you walk in the building. But you have the mindset, the support system to make it. Now it's up to you to use that and give it your all. The battle will be tough. The practices will be long. Training camp will be the toughest thing you'll ever have to do. You'll get chewed out, but you'll bounce back and go on to make the squad. You'll be soon a success story as being one of the only three undrafted free agents to make the squad in 2014. You'll go on to playoffs and be part of the Baltimore Ravens team to get their first ever win in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. You'll come back in 2015 with a mindset knowing that you can make the squad because you've done it before. You go through the season, you're playing nothing but special teams at first, but midway through the season, the coaches will come to you, ask you to take on a bigger role. With the bigger role becomes bigger expectations. Now the coaches expect you to continue to excel on special teams, but now they want you to excel on defense as well. Your role on defense won't be a starting role, but it'll be an important role. The 2015 season will end how nobody would want it to end. You'll finish 5-11, and 11, but you have the confidence that you could become a starter in this league. In the offseason, you have your mindset on becoming a starting linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. In mini camp, training camp, in the preseason, you'll be in heated competition for the starting inside linebacker spot. Towards the end of camp, you'll be named a starter. You've achieved your goal, but so much more is ahead for you. You want to prove that you could be a star in this league. You'll go on throughout the 2016 season 
you lead the Ravens in tackles and finish top 10 in the league. You'll go on to become an all-pro football player, all-pro linebacker. You have accomplished what you have set out individually and the future's looking real bright. Over these past three years, you were able to play for the best organization in the National Football League. This organization helped you grow not only as a player, but more importantly, as a man. You was able to have teammates that you would call lifelong friends, coaches that you can call lifelong friends. One thing you'll never forget is coming out of the tunnel first when they're naming defensive starters and just hearing the crowd cheer for you as you run out and hear your brothers, your teammates cheering for you, knowing that you're about to go to war with them and try to get a victory. You'll never forget coming out with the linebackers out of the tunnel, you know, doing the chant. You'll never forget that. You'll never forget that the home crowd, when we're rocking, when we're kicking the team's butt, turned into the most vicious home crowd in National Football League. You'll never forget coming to Baltimore to become a member of the Baltimore Ravens. You'll never forget how the Baltimore Ravens helped mold you from a young man to a grown man. You'll never forget that the Baltimore Ravens helped you mature into a way where you can help others. The city of Baltimore will always have a special place in your heart, and the Baltimore Ravens organization will always be special to you. So you kind of see the heart there, right? You, you see, you know, he's, he's just one of those guys that I'm sure the teammates loved him, right? Seems very calm, mild-mannered. Mm -hmm. Check this out on the sideline this year. This is him, linebacker coach on the sideline. You ready for this? You talk about being one of the guys, Emilio, man. Come Absolutely. on. So, um, you know, everybody talking about you. I think uh, Chris in here, I didn't know this. He says Zach's brother, Chris Orr, just signed with the Birmingham Stallions, played with the Panthers. That's kind of cool. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Um. AFAM says, seems like a good guy, but all the rah-rah usually dissipates uh, by after the kickoff. I, I'm not big on the rah-rah people, but when you got a when you got someone who's played the game before, it goes a lot, a, mm -hmm. a, a lot longer, right? Like, it, it just carries more weight with the players on the field, right? Right. And it's how he got to that point, too. Undrafted free agent. I mean, he had no no chance. He worked his way up from absolute bottom, um, you know, like walk on in college. So 
I, that's the determination is absolutely great there. And what else I loved is he said um, he had lifelong friends in the organization and lifelong friends in as in coaches. So that's that's cool too. That he he knows how to build those relationships as a player, knowing how how it would um, be approached as a coach moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. And everybody's already lighting the chat up, man, with great stuff here, too. Uh, you know, Chris says, a uh, good dude from a great family. Badger Trio says, put that in my veins. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dick Palinick, I hope I'm saying that right, says, uh, very well spoken, probably a good communicator, uh, plus has the fire. That's mm -hmm. something you can't you can't fake either, man. You've either got it or you don't, right? Yeah. And, and players will see right through. That was John Madden 101. He was he was always talking about the one thing you can't be is a phony, right? If you're a phony, the players will see right through it. Uh, AFAM says I agree on that point. And then uh, let's see Donald in the chat says problem is if McDonald um, McDonald uh, gets a head coaching job that's left, he'll bring guys with him. Baltimore uh, will. I'm assuming he's saying we'll want to fill their DC spot from within. Absolutely. Right. That's the big issue is the whole coach McDonald thing. Right. Because as you guys heard earlier, earlier today, I was actually going to hit on this. So you guys are putting us right on track, which is really good. And, to that, and to that point, I mean, he has played for Baltimore his whole time. He's, you know, he's coaching there now. It's like, he, he's, you know, one team solid. He yeah. loves that team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this was the breaking news from around the NFL. Tom Pelissero actually reposted it on Twitter. It said breaking news lines. OC Ben Johnson informs the commanders and Seahawks that he's staying in Detroit. So he was kind of the front runner for a couple of those jobs, right? Me, people had mentioned him the whole time for those two jobs. So the fact that he's going to stay in Detroit now, obviously what that means in this coaching hire front, McDonald's probably going maybe to the front of the list, right? So what it's going to do is let's say, let's say whether it's the commanders or the Seahawks, one of them hire uh, coach McDonald and everybody is, is labeling McDonald as the defensive version of Sean McVay. He's kind of the wonder boy, if you will. He just has that energy. He's got that football IQ, the whole nine yards. If he gets a job, he's going to want to bring one of the guys from his staff as DC. Let's say he brings Chris Hewitt as his DC, right? Well, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean he's going to take that job because other teams are going to be able to compete and negotiate with more money and that type of thing. There's no lateral move being blocked in that regard. So everyone will have fair game at it. Now he will have those ties, obviously mm -hmm. seeing that coach McDonald would have a lot more pull being the new CEO of an organization. He could probably say, Hey, look, name your prize, right? right. Go outbid everyone. So it will make it difficult. If that happens, you guys know earlier today, we were talking about Denard Wilson, right? This cat right here who is actually the DB coach. So you're probably looking at if let's say coach McDonald, let's just play, play, you know, devil's advocate here for a second. If coach McDonald takes a job in Seattle, right. Right. He decides I'm bringing Chris Hewitt as my DC. Okay. Then he'll probably try to poach Denard Wilson too, to say, Hey, look, I want you to come as my D uh, D backs coach and my passing game coordinator. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Baltimore will probably come up and go, no, no, no. We want to keep you on as DC. Okay. And if that's the case, then other teams will be competing to hire him as D.C. as well. So you can't take on both. You're going to have to choose one or the other right now. Keep in mind Zach Orr, too. He's probably going to want to take Zach Orr with him. So what would Zach Orr's, uh, you know, promotion be, right? So you, he won't be able to take them all. He's going to poke mm -hmm. the heck out of that that coaching staff if, if he does end up getting a head coaching job. But just important to kind of take that into consideration there, too. Um, were you going to say something there, Emilio? No, no, I, I think that's exactly it. He he can't take everybody. And I mean, he's he's also it's you know, he's he's also going to be ready to just spread the wealth, because at this point, he's got to focus on everything that encompasses the team, not just, you know, one aspect of of the, you know, the defense or whatever. So um, he's going to have his hands full and exactly he won't be able to take everyone with him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. It's uh, it, I love this time of year. You know what we refer mm -hmm. to as the coaching carousel. It's just awesome, man. And you'll actually have college teams try to try to sneak into. Right. Obviously, you had Jim Harbaugh. It sounds like it's pretty much been widely reported now that, you know, obviously he took the L.A. Chargers job. If he hadn't taken that, then Mike Vrabel was in line to get that head coaching job. Well, outside of that, it sounds like Mike Vrabel would probably rather take a year off than be a D.C. So you, he's kind of sitting in the background somewhere that if he gets the right offer at D.C., he may take it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just a lot of things that still have to fall into place. And that's why it's important to be somewhat aggressive and go after your guy. Right. Right. Uh, so 
Now, when it comes to Zach, well, we talked about Denard uh, Wilson earlier, right? We talked about mm-hmm. him and, you know, 12 years experience DB coach there for, for Baltimore. We actually went through some of the numbers as well, right? We, uh, we went through the coverage grades mm-hmm. from PFF, and we pointed out that Baltimore had the second, second highest coverage grade in the entire National Football League. Well, obviously, Denard Wilson was the DB coach. He played a huge role in that. Coverage grade also includes the uh, the linebackers, too, but for the most part, I think we would all agree that coverage grade is really a reflection on how good that secondary is playing. Now, could it be that they're loaded with talent? Absolutely. It could also be that they, they've just got a great coaching staff as well, probably somewhere in the middle of both. But when you look at the coverage grade, you it would kind of make you think there's definitely more value, in my opinion, on, say, a Chris Hewitt, who is the passing game coordinator, and or Denard Wilson, who's the DB coach. So those are my two front runners. When you throw in Zach Orr, which, you know, of course, Zach Orr being the inside linebackers coach, you think, okay, that, that mixes into the coverage grade too, but what does the run defense grade look like, mm-hmm. right? How does that play in into effect here? So when we pull up the run defense grades across the NFL, Baltimore is 10th in run defense grades at 67.8. Now you'll notice their tackle grade is 53.6, but you'll see some of the teams above them as far as run defense grade are actually uh, lower than them. Like for instance, the number eight spot with the LA Rams, 46.3, the number six spot, um, you know, their tackle grade 41.2, the Detroit lions. Mm -hmm. So you can see 53.3 with the Vegas Raiders. So, you know, although that tackle grade is kind of low, that run defense grade is pretty promising. You mix in the coverage grade as well, and the fact that their coverage grade was second best in the league. I mean, that really uh, – I would be okay with a Zach Orr top hire too. Now, he doesn't have near as much experience coaching as the other two guys, and I don't think there's anyone who would say they would rather have Zach Orr over, say, a Chris Hewitt or even a, a Denard Wilson. So, as as it sits right now, I don't think we are planning on or I haven't heard anything that we're going to interview Chris Hewitt at the moment. But right. Denard Wilson obviously is on their radar. So what do you think about those numbers, Amelia? I mean, I think anybody that you could try to poach from someone like the Ravens, the Chiefs, or the Niners, you're probably feeling way better than you did with Joe Barry. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, at the same time, it, it, it's going it, to it's gonna bother me if we can't get the top one or two guys and have to settle for the third or fourth in that organization. Right. right. And, I mean, you, you see how the – everyone's lighting up the Raven staff right now. You know, they, they lost, they were out and, and that's what happens. Everyone starts taking their shots at them. And, um, you know, I'm happy that they, they are, you know, broadcasting and, and hitting, hitting every one of their, their chances, you know, looking at more man guys, looking at more zone guys, whatever, let's, let's get the widest net we can and, and see what, uh, you know, what's out there because when we make this decision, we got to be, you know, ready to lock in for, I would say, what, three years probably. They're not going to want to shake them right after. We're going to give them another three-year shot. So um, let's be ready to uh, to hop on and go with it. But um, it's uh, it's crazy. Like you said with the carousel, I was looking through the, the notes here, and um, Pete Stone was talking about uh, one of our other guys. We, we looked at Bobby B uh, from the Bills. Mm-hmm. He got, he got uh, promoted to D.C. there. Yeah. So – that's what Peter Stone said in here. Yeah, Bobby B, uh, Bobby Babich is the Bills' new DC, so we won't be getting him. Obviously, he's off the market now. I don't, I don't feel as confident with the Bills' defense that you would go, you know, two or three deep, you know, right. into that that staff to try to find someone. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Bobby Babich, I think he's got a bright future too. I like the energy he brought in some of those videos we watched mm-hmm. on him too. So um, let's see, Donald. The chat says. Vrabel to Seattle makes all the sense, in my opinion. Um, you know, Vrabel, he won coach of the year. Um, I'm not as big on him as a D.C., but I think I think he's just built to be a head coach, and it sounds like he and the front office just kept button heads, right? Um, more or less, they were going around him and making decisions, and he's sitting there like – I mean, he came in and won coach of the year. I believe it was his first year in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the front office don't want his input, right? You know, he was – completely pissed off by um, A.J. Brown getting traded, right? And you've seen the draft day video where he all but storms out of the draft room because he caught wind that they had just traded A.J. Brown. And I don't think anyone would disagree with him. You know, that was a bad move looking back. I mean, my God, he's continued to to dominate. And uh, they still haven't found that wide receiver. They thought they were going to bring in, what was it, Traylon Burks? Mm -hmm. Um, They thought he was just going to come in and pick right up where A.J. Brown left off. And you're seeing it's not that easy. No, and the fact that he'll wait out, you know, for a head coaching job, he he knows that it's not a DC. I'll I'll wait a year, 
and and something will come up. It's crazy how much turnover there is in this league because by next year there is going to be three more, you know, new head coaches. It's going to be, um, you know, five more DCs, OCs, everyone that needs a job. And the other thing was the the Lions OC staying. Uh, he must have a good feeling about, you know, what Dan's doing over there for at least, to at least stay there another year and to not, you know, not give himself that promotion and want to stay for something bigger. So that's, uh, you know, we're going to have a, a, a good fight coming up this next uh, this next season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see here in the chat. Badger Trio had said, uh, I love that uh, it seems like the Packers realize they need a young, new guy, no more experienced, mm-hmm. older guys, you know, and, and the experienced older guys who haven't really excelled at the defensive coordinator position, right? Like if it was a proven D.C., you'd feel a lot better about it. But just to continue to go down that road of, you know, like I wasn't big on Christian Parker, and he still may be hired. We don't know, right? I mean, it's, right. it's obvious he's been interviewed. I wasn't real big on him because of the metrics and and everything that kind of has happened in Denver. I think he is a very intelligent guy. You can tell he knows ball. It's just some of these other guys, they have some recent success, and they know what it's like to – it's one thing to learn how to overcome, right, and win when no one expects you to. But learning how to handle success and how to perform as your team is already succeeding, to me, that's just as if not more important than learning how to overcome obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's about, okay, look, yeah, we haven't arrived. We got to continue to dig deep. We got to find things that are going to motivate us. We got to find that little edge we're going to get. And, and if you're a team like Baltimore was this year, where you're kind of at the top of the hill all year long, what you have is, other teams, they're putting a bullseye right on your back, right? I mean, they're they're right. looking to knock you off that hill. You're either climbing the hill or you are the hill, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that some of these Baltimore Ravens coaching staff, they experienced being the hill this year, seeing that right. I don't think anyone was looking at them at any point, you know, especially in the second half of the season, other than they're the best team in the AFC. So, And preparing when you're on the hill is, like you were saying, completely different than when you're trying to climb it because – you're 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 you've already gotten to the top you are trying to you know prepare prepare for what's coming ahead and the the fact that you're able to you know stay excited you're you're still you know bringing the energy in practice you're still showing up on game day you're still putting 40 50 you know on teams that's that's impressive i mean the fact that everyone still showed up to work even though uh you know it could have been you know a lazy day mowing around all that uh it's awesome yeah for sure. Um, let's see here. Mike Hebring uh, actually in the chat said, yeah, cornerback Quinion uh, uh, Mitchell is my new draft crush after watching senior bowl practice. Let's go, man. He dominated. Watch some of that after this. I seen it on Twitter and then hearing Jake talk about it was just like just double confirmation. Like, mm-hmm. holy cow. So it uh, sounds like he could very well be the best cornerback in the draft. We'll see. Um it would be nice to have him opposite Jair Alexander, wouldn't it? Someone like that. Right. I, I don't know if he would even be available. Um, I could pull up a mock draft and give you guys that answer. It would take a few minutes, but we'll just kind of continue on here with the uh, with the Zach Orr talk. And what I do like about what Jake was saying in practice there is when you're going, when it's one-on-one and you're a corner in, in those kind of drills, I mean, you're basically starting on the hash or the numbers and you have free range. I mean, you have like no inside leverage, no outside. You have the sideline. That is your only friend. You could funnel them to the sideline all day long, but again, still they know the routes, they know where they're going, and you're in t-shirt and shorts. You know, maybe maybe pads, uppers, whatever. But um, it's uh, it's different, man. And and uh, they, it's always one of those where they want you to look bad. You got everyone watching on the sideline. Everyone's right. bunched up real tight. It's one, of, ooh, you know. So uh, you cross somebody up there, it's over, man. You're you're not going to hear the end of it all day. It is. It sounds silly, but it's a great test to how players are going to perform under pressure. Right. You know, I know it's not the pressure of playing on a Sunday, but you can kind of hide on the field on Sunday. You know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's 22 guys running around out there. But when it's you versus this guy in the middle of a gauntlet of the players and you've got pro scouts in the stands, that's a different level of pressure. For sure. Yeah, there's exactly. a lot about Quinn uh, Mitchell. Um, yeah, speaking of different, too, AFAM in the chat says Eric just ordered his PTA corset. So there you go. We got that nice. going on in the we chat. Got another, uh, we got another order. G-Dog said he ordered a hoodie. Yeah, right up here. Yeah, nice. That a boy. Love to see that. Greg Rice says uh, in the chat, he says, AFAM, please do not model your PTA thong. Winky <laughs> emoji. Uh, yeah, we would appreciate that if you didn't. And uh, Magic in the house says, poach the Niners. I'm all about it, Magic. I think they've got a solid defense, too. We pointed out they're third in points uh, points per play, third in points per game, 
fifth in passing yards per attempt and 17th in rushing yards per attempt. They're my third choice, right? I'd love to see you get someone from Baltimore as long as you're not having to dig three and four deep into that coaching staff. Right. Uh, if, if, you know, if you have to get three or four deep into the coaching staff there in Baltimore, then start digging into Kansas City once they're eliminated. Same thing with San Francisco, right? So that's kind of how I see how that trickles down. That's the other thing, too. You know, people are going, are, are they going to, are they going for Denard Wilson or are they going for Zach Gore? They might be going for both, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. What I mean by that is you hire someone like Denard Wilson as your, as your defensive coordinator, and then you could bring someone like, Hillman is your running game coordinator or whatever, right? You could give right. him a little bit bigger role than what he's already got. And the thing about Zach Gore is he's just, like I said, he's he's got a lot less uh, experience coaching, right? That's the only thing that makes me step back a touch as where Wilson's been in place for, for mm-hmm. quite a while now. So, but yeah, I'm all about poaching the Niners. And you guys know my top choice in San Francisco is Johnny Holland. You also got Daniel Bullock out there that was somewhat uh, interesting as well. We had five candidates, Chris Hewitt, and Denard Wilson from Baltimore. We had Dave Merritt from Kansas City, and we had Johnny Holland and Daniel Bullock from San Francisco. Those were our top five. And for me, Chris Hewitt's at the top of the list. I just, right. it's kind of strange that we haven't interviewed him yet, but mm-hmm. maybe they're looking at him like, look, he's going to be too hot of a commodity. We won't really have a shot. We're wasting our time there. That could be the case, too. So. And the silver lining that, you know, the other two teams that we want are still playing is that if all these coaches are going to get hired up in these next two weeks, all those spots are going to start closing gives, you know, more chances for us, obviously they're not all going to close up, but um, you know, gives us a a little bit better chance to try to find the one that, that they're really keeping their eye on, but you know, they've got somebody in mind. It's just, um, you know, when, when is it actually going to come to? Yeah, definitely. Let's see here. And I know there was a lot of talk about the DC and Michigan, right? The, the national champion, Michigan Wolverines, but it's Mm -hmm. pretty much been confirmed that, that Coach Harbaugh's taking him with him to the LA Chargers, which I think is just phenomenal, man. Yeah, how cool would it be? And and if if Coach Harbaugh just picks up right where he left off in the NFL, right? He still got the Matt Lafleur had the highest winning percentage amongst active head coaches, right, in the National Football League. Harbaugh rejoins the NFL and he leapfrogs him again because he's got he's actually got the highest winning That's percentage it. of active NFL head coaches. How cool would it be if? you know, one or two years in, now his DC is automatically getting coaching jobs. You're just going right. to see – you're going to see Harbaugh continue to build that potential Hall of Fame resume because he did – he dominated when they were in San Francisco. But, again, I just love the whole trickle-down effect, how everything takes place. It's a lot of fun, man. And how do you think he's going to do over there? I think he's going to do great, man. Harbaugh's a winner, dude. He he wins everywhere he goes. He's he's one of those dudes that, you know, people, people say he's quirky. Right. He's quirky. He's odd. Why do why do people follow him? Because he's real. He's authentic. Like I'm telling you, man, we live in a society and I've learned this in business where society will try to lead you to believe that you need to just conform to what everybody wants. You need to just fall in line or else nobody's going to like you. And deep down inside, man, people who want to be led and want to be successful, at whether it's what you're doing or, or a separate path, they, they want someone to pave the way and go, no, 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 I'm going to do it my way. I'm mm-hmm. going to give you an example. Pat McAfee. People either love Pat McAfee or they hate him. There's usually no in between. There's no, ah, I think he's okay. It's usually, I love that dude. He's 100% genuine. He don't care what anybody thinks, blah, blah, blah. Or it's, I think he's fake. I think he's a fraud. I think he's a phony. I think he's an egomaniac, all that stuff. The one thing that Pat did was he said, I'm not doing it your all's way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to build my team. I'm going to build my audience. Now, has he sold out? I don't think it's my place to try to determine whether he sold out or not. I still love the show, but that's another example of now you see all these people following behind him, former players doing podcasts, things like right. that. People want, they want something to believe in, especially the youth of our country. Like it, nothing irks me more than hearing people my age, I'm 41 or even older go, these young, they don't understand. They have no clue. They're just, they're lost. They want to believe in something. And they want someone to give them a chance to believe in something. And I think it goes hand in hand with coaching. I think that's what Coach Harbaugh brings to the table. It's like, right. look, yeah, I am quirky. I am weird. Another one is Nick Siriano, Siriani, right, in Philly. Took his team to the Super Bowl last year, right? Mm-hmm. I, and you watch his introductory press conference. Go do that. Everybody go watch his very first press conference when he got the head coaching job. It was like, is this guy all there mentally? <laughs> but you hear his players talk about him, and they're like, no, that's that's Nick. Nick is unapologetically himself. Mm-hmm. 
people will follow that. People won't follow fake. They'll follow weird. They won't follow fake. Right. And I think that's what Harbaugh is. I think he's real. He's mm-hmm. he's real. He's he's just 100 percent authentic. So, yeah, and I think if he if he gets all that out of Justin Herbert, man, they 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 could be a force over there. And I I think they have it. it they just maybe need a little bit of leading. And I think it was just maybe a little too much for Staley. And I, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what happens over there. And I like that we don't really have to worry about it till uh, the end of the season, sort of stuff. You know, think of I know it's a controversial name, but think of Colin Kaepernick. He lit the league on fire when Harbaugh was there. Right. Second Harbaugh left. You know what happens now? You could say, "Well, this happened, that happened. That's why he's out of the league." He was never the same player. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh, and then he goes to Michigan. What's he do? He just freaking wins. He just wins. I think they said he's beat Ohio State three years in a row. Uh, the Latin, you know, yeah, at Michigan. So, just a phenomenal football coach. And again, I think it's because he's a leader of men. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. Bill in the chat said, "I wouldn't worry, Clayton. All of them are good candidates. They can be. They can't be rated." I understand what you're saying, Bill. Um, it's easy to go, this guy's better than that guy, that guy's better than this guy as far as the coaching stats, but none of us really know, right? Um, I'll tell you who's going to get the best glimpse of that. It's, it's whoever's handling the interviewing process for the Green Bay Packers because interviews are so important. Mm-hmm. So To me, it's the most important aspect of the combine. I could care less what someone's doing, you know, doing a cartwheel across the 50, backpedaling as quick as they can, sidestepping in their underwear and then catching a football <laughs> running uphill. Yeah. Like, when are they going to be doing that on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Right. But you sit down at the interviewing process and you can kind of see what makes someone tick and you do the extensive background check on them and all that. You know, they, they've literally got former federal agents working for these teams doing background checks on these players. They're trying to find everything all the way back to middle school. Mm-hmm. Like, find me, find me the flaw in this guy because they don't want another Aaron Hernandez to happen. Right. They don't want another one of those type of situations emerge. So um, magic in the house says, I still like Holland. I do too. Yeah. Uh, Again, I think if I had to rate them, mine would probably go Chris Hewitt, Johnny Holland, Denard Wilson, right? But with Johnny Holland and him battling, I, I want to say someone, I probably shouldn't even speak out of pocket here, but so I think someone said it was blood cancer or something he was dealing with. It was a real serious health issue that he's right. been battling. Oh, yeah. He may not even be interested. In that, and I imagine that, you know, Matt LaFleur probably has a good idea whether he is or isn't, even though he can't reach out to him until they're eliminated. And obviously that won't happen until after next week after the Super Bowl. So right. uh, see how all that plays out. But I did like that. When when we broke that down, I thought I thought he was my favorite right then when we found him on the spot. Uh and in and you you like that he's consistent. I mean, he showed up. Yeah, he's older. Um, I am excited about a young one, but we're gonna need we're gonna need some knowledge back there, even if we go with a young coordinator. You know, we're going to need some knowledge back there in the, you know, the linebacker group, secondary group. Um, we can't have everybody be, you know, 25, 30, 35. We're going to need somebody, uh, assistant, whatever, um, you know, to guide them. Yeah, definitely. Nathan in the chat says, Emilio, who would you want as DC for the pack? And it doesn't have to be on that list we've talked about either, Emilio. Who, who's the first person that comes to mind for you as far as defensive coordinator for the Packers? Who's, who's not named Joe Barry? Yeah, well, I, my first pick would have been Joe. No. Uh, the uh, honestly, after after this morning and uh, and just now talking, you know, talking Johnny. If if it was Johnny, I, I would you know give him the first shot, even though he's older. Um, I think I would have given him that first chance. But moving forward, it's it's could be you know. Um, I really like uh, Wilson this morning. Right, we went over. I like that that fire he brought as a coach there uh, with the Eagles. And just that kind of – that's something I could get behind as a player, the way he the way he handles that, the way he works with them, um, you know, that person-to-person level. It, you know, you, you have to have some type of relationship with them. You know, it, it's you're going to work, but they're, they're – you know, they're your managers at work, but you still have to have a working relationship with them and still show up and produce for them sort of thing. Definitely. Drew D in the chat said it's called – I hope I'm saying this right – Maloma maybe is how it's, it's yeah. pronounced. Uh, myeloma maybe it's a very it's very serious most people die within five to ten years of being diagnosed so yeah it's probably on the you know taking on a dc job halfway across the country with more responsibility more stress is probably the last thing on johnny johnny holland's mind so and and rightfully so right um definitely more to life than football but appreciate that information there drew um let's see what else we got here mike hebring says uh offensive line oregon's Jackson Powers Johnson getting it done in O-line one-on-ones as well today. We had him listed really high on my draft board. I'm going to update my draft board with some other uh, experts that that I really uh, I really 
respect their opinion. I'm going to add some more data into my draft board and get to the next phase of it. I'll give you guys an update, but I'm pretty sure Powers Johnson might have been my top uh, off interior offensive lineman on the board. I think it was. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's he was blue, right? I'm pretty sure he was the yeah. blue on your – yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can play center. Yeah, centers – I got them listed in blue, the tier two positions in blue, the tier one in green is how I've got it kind of labeled. So, uh, Eric Sutherland says, Emilio wants some Italian soccer coach as D.C. Is that true, Emilio? Yeah, I, you know, some – from Man U, or I don't know. We'll just get them from way over there somewhere. We'll just bring them, bring them all in. Someone who could coach up these DBs and cook some rigatoni, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't even know what rigatoni is. What is that? Do you know what that is, Emilio? I know it's pasta, Emilio, but what's it look like? Is it it's a spiral? spiral? Yeah, it's a spiral. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I know yeah. What it was, yeah. Mine's. A, I like the uh, the bow ties. Are, the bow ties are fun. And then uh, we we just made some uh, fettuccine the other night. Oh yeah, my favorite's angel hair. I love angel hair, bro. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's that stuff. Alfredo. You got like twelve boxes in the cupboard, man. Oh, makes whenever you're not feeling good. Yeah, angel hair pasta with homemade. Al- I make a mean a homemade Alfredo. Actually, mm. it'll, it'll it'll clog your arteries, but it's really good. <laughs> and uh, then throw a little filet mignon on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, so good. A little glass of red wine. I'm yeah. sophisticated. You kidding me? By the way, what we're sipping on tonight. Old smoky banana pudding moonshine in a little bit. That stuff is delicious. <laughs> you, I'm telling you, you, go to those taste tests down uh, up in Gatlinburg, man. It's a wrap. Yeah, we got it. We got so those, and you're you're good. Yeah, definitely. Peter Stone said, "I really hope we get Denard Wilson. Um, now, be that he's young and experienced, uh, he's he's an interesting candidate. There's no two ways about mm-hmm. that, man." Um, like I said, he was the two we listed off of that coaching staff in Baltimore. And the more I dug into him and seeing him, you know, the video we showed earlier today was really cool, kind of seeing yeah. how he interacted with the players as well. So, uh, but then yeah. again, I still, you can still get those kind of chills from or the, from the videos you showed or tonight, you know, the, <laughs> the determination he had to get into the NFL to, you know, become a starter, become an all pro, and then to show up and still have that same drive when you're on the sideline, you know, when you're, you're out of the game and you're, you're not playing. You get that itch, it's and you still have that uh, that excitement for everyone else on the field, man. It, it's awesome. Definitely, Carly Ray says, Clayton, you're no longer allowed to look down on those podcasts to talk about food. She caught me, caught me red-handed, right? That was caught my me. fault, Carly. That was my fault. <laughs> no, talking about pasta. <laughs> Eric Sutherland says, I know what spaghettios are. Um, there you go. And then Drew said, Emilio probably makes moonshine in his basement. I bet it's oregano flavored moonshine. I bet. It's yeah, really yeah, exactly. In the crawl space, I'd love that. <laughs> I love it. Drew D says the big debate: ravioli or tortellini. There you go. What is what is it for you, Emilio? You got to choose between those two. Mm, I'll have to go raviolis. What's the viewer count go down dramatically? Right <laughs> Yeah, we're just trying to pick out Matt's next meal. That's it. That's, that's it. all. That's all. All right, let's get back to the uh, the or talk here. Let's talk about the linebacker grades for the Baltimore Ravens, okay? Um, you know, this is something you can really key in on. Obviously, he coached the inside linebackers, not the edge defenders, although he it sounded like he had some experience coaching um, Allen in Jacksonville when he had, had quite a bit of success down there as a young pass rusher. But in Baltimore last year, inside linebacker coach, Zach Orr, if you'll notice, these are the defensive grades for the Baltimore Ravens roster. How would you guys like to have these kind of grades on your team? When people say the Packers are loaded on defense, I cringe because I'm like, what makes you think that? Just because you, you're you making first-round picks doesn't right. mean it's a slam-dunk great pick. Now, one thing Baltimore's doing, they're getting the most out of their players, but look at these defensive grades, man. Kyle Hamilton, 87.6. Jadavian Clowney. 82.9. Um, Michael Pierce, defensive lineman, 80.1. They're just solid, right? Here's your first right. linebacker. Amelia, you remember when Roquan Smith was on the Bears and he was just hot booty cheeks? Yep. 77.9 with 1,192 snaps under Zach Orr as the inside linebacker coach. That is phenomenal, dude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. And then on top of that, you got Trenton Simpson, uh, minimal snaps, 49 snaps, but graded out 76.3. When you see minimal snaps like that, along with guys like like Roquan Smith, who had over 1,000, over 1,100, almost 1,200 snaps, it shows you all the way down the board in that linebacker room, he's hitting home with his message, right? That's that's what sticks out to me. Now, if you slide down a few more spots in the number nine spot, you got Malik Harrison, right, another linebacker, only 226 snaps, but 74.3. Mm-hmm. Then you go down to 11th, 
with 1,246 snaps, you got inside linebacker Patrick Queen at 73.0. There's our boy Geno Stone that we mentioned. We'd like to see him grab in free agency. Now, Patrick Queen is set to be a free agent too, but there's a good chance that he could potentially get franchise tag from what I heard, but also they're looking to re-sign him. I don't think they're going to just let him walk. you know. But they are a little bit deep at linebacker, and Amelia, I think that's just a testament to how good Zach Orr's done with that inside linebacker room now. Exactly. I mean, they they, they got to produce. Yeah, they grabbed Rokon, but, I mean, the fact that you still have some production from them, and I like that their tackling grades aren't terrible. You get down to Patrick Queen, it's, you know, 50s, but I, that that's what I want to see. If we got a middle linebacker, I want to see him wrap up. I want to see them flying side to side, you know, sideline to sideline and making plays, uh, and, and he's getting them to produce. 1,200 snaps, that's <laughs> – you are on the field a lot. That is a lot of contact, and they are still, you know, making it happen and showing up. That, that's awesome. I love this. So we're, we're trying to get it back on track, and there's going to be people say, you talked for two and a half minutes about food, and I hated it. But we got them in the chat in here talking about the food. They're calling you out. They're calling you a fake Italian. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I heard, I heard it. Said, did he just say that rigatoni is the spirals? I told him I was sorry on the spot. I messed that one <laughs> I up. Apologize. I apologize, man. My God. <laughs> What do you want from me? I love it. Carly Ray thought it was hilarious too. Carly's Carly's just in here to see anyone make fun of us. No yeah, That's Carly funny. could hop in and, and steer us in the right direction, and she's just in there just <laughs> loving the chat. I love it. Appreciate United you. Bates says Emilio, we still love you. United Bates always bringing it back full circle, man. So uh, yeah, Jacob Clay in the chat, love the show. Great job, everyone. We appreciate you, buddy. We try to trying to cover most of the bases, but we get in here. We've all become friends doing a podcast together. Never met face to face, but. Um, I'll tell you what, we get in here, it gets off the rails real quick. Now, we got to piss each other off so we can stay on topic. That's the <laughs> way moving forward. So. Yeah, here, I, I can get you. I get you stirred up. How about number one up there, Clay? And what about that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to choke someone, man. It's, if you would have seen the hate I got from saying, I don't understand people talking about Kyle Hamilton dropping on their board because he ran a sideways 40-yard dash. Like, have you guys watched the freaking tape at Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Like, he was just unbelievable, and, and and it wasn't just this year, Emilio. I mean, it, it 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 was as soon as he stepped foot on an NFL field, he belonged, and he's right. got that frame. I mean, his defensive grade eighty seven point six. Run defense not great, but he's more of that center field safety, right? Forty eight point five. Tackle grade sixty six point zero. Look, pass rush. Now he's not going to rush the passer significant, you know, like consistently, right? But mm-hmm. when he did. I mean, you see, you put him around the ball, he makes plays. Coverage grade, 90.4, man. It makes me sick at my freaking stomach, dude. Right. And, I mean, that would be where you'd kind of, like, step down that – or the with the 46D, imagine stepping down Kyle, sort of something like that, that that wants to play, that's able to, you know, be another one on the line there. But I, I love that both their safeties had, you know, good coverage grades, and it was – you know, it wasn't a, a little amount of snaps. I mean, they're – Everyone that was in covered was 500 or more, you know, pushing six, 700 snaps. That's an unreal amount of time. You're backpedaling, opening your hips and all of that. So there's experience there and they've, you know, they've produced it. You've seen it. So um, it's just, it's exciting, man. Definitely. Drew D said, I was concerned about Hamilton's change of direction ability, but clearly that's not an issue. You know, Michael Lombardi talked about that too. He was a little bit concerned about that. Like he's just one of those straight line type guys. And mm-hmm. ironically, he run a sideways 40 yard dash and that's why he dropped a bit. But um, you're not the only one, Drew. It was all over the place. I was just, I felt like I was out there on an island getting butchered going, I'm telling you guys. And they're all, oh, he's a Notre Dame fan. I'm going, damn it. I am a Notre Dame fan, but I'm telling you this dude's good. Right. Right. <laughs> but and I mean, and, and he in the fact that he shows up, like even you know, Eric Stokes was what straight line speed. You know, he's he's got that straight line speed, but when when you see Kyle Hamilton out there, he produces. He he shows it. It's not just um, you know, it's not just one thing, man. You are going in every direction out there. Definitely, Donald. Uh, Donald Krieger here says four linebackers on that top PFF grade list. Queen may end up being available. You know, that's another thing. I think that's very well said, Donald. That. They could look at that roster and go, look, we can get just as much out of these guys. Maybe we just let him walk, right? Uh, that guy could definitely be the case as well. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, we'll end it right here real quick. Yeah, well, first of all, Chris, I agree. He says, go, go Irish. There you go. Go Irish. Donovan Schilling says, we're all meeting in person this coming season. What game are we doing? The PTA tailgate, Clay. Man, we need to make it happen. Um, I know this. They're going to be playing in Tennessee. They're going to be playing the Titans. That's a lot closer to me. Yes, it is, Clay. We haven't talked about this yet. but yeah, we're, we're doing that. 
we're, we're definitely making that one happen. I've got a friend who's got some season tickets. I don't know how many I can get, but we could possibly get some good seats. I'll have to see how that goes. Either way, we'll go. We'll buy our own tickets. Yeah. No, we I was yeah, definitely going to hit you up for that for sure. I thought we should. I saw the list. I was like, uh-oh, three hours. Let's go. Yeah. And we've got a bunch of people, too, that are located in Tennessee. You see Donovan Schilling. I'll be at the Titans game. There's several nice. people. Um, you've got a guy. His name is Brady. Brady, who does Packer Nation, okay? Yeah. I think it's what it is, Packer Nation on Facebook. He reached out to me. He was like, Nashville this year, we doing it? Hell yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> let's make this work, man. Let's do it. Let's put it together. But also, we need to do Lambeau Field, too. Yeah. So uh, we'll do that. We'll put a tailgate together for this upcoming year. I was trying to put something together. I shouldn't even mention it, but I was really thinking about doing this. I've already talked to him at Lambeau Field. You're not allowed to do a live podcast at Lambeau Field. It's against all their rules, and rightfully so, right? You know, you know, with everything that you know, all the rules that are in place there with Green Bay and, and protecting it. If they if they allowed anyone to do it, then could, it'd be a madhouse, right? right? They can't let anyone do it, or else everyone would do it. But what I was thinking about doing for the draft this year was renting a suite at Lambeau Field and having a draft party, a PTA draft party this year, not next year's draft when the when the draft is in Green Bay. I'm talking about this year where we can hang out in a suite like this one that you see on screen, 65-inch TV with the draft going. you got access to the balcony overlooking Lambeau and just kind of hang out and watch the draft. I think that would be awesome. I just don't know if I can make it work with my schedule. So right. I, I will know here real soon. I already called, got prices and stuff. It would probably be about $60 a person to cover the suite and the catering, if I mm -hmm. calculated correctly. That would also include an open bar where everyone could just pay for their drinks themselves, but – there's like a $150 bartender fee or something. So we would have our own bar, own food catered in, that type of buffet style, um, and we could just hang out and watch the draft. I just I don't want to commit to it, and or I don't want to put too much into it and not be able to commit to it. But we'll definitely make a tailgate party uh, happen next season for sure. And, mm -hmm. and, and Milio, we got to do the Tennessee thing because oh, Nashville, sure. Nashville's a fun town to watch a ball game in too, and they do it right. They really do. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, I, I had a blast at, at the Atlanta game this year. So I just it's you know, it's it's nice being in the center there. You know, you can kind of peel out. I was thinking about going to the Panthers game, too, but that was Christmas. So but uh, Mandy was trying to talk me into that. And I'm like, girl, it's Christmas Eve. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make that happen. So exactly. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like Carly said, cash bar. It was, it's basically you pay, you pay the bartender fee and then everyone buys their own drinks separately as they go. So we could include that in. And I think that suite that I was looking at would hold 20 people. So when I tallied up the total for 20 people, it came to like $60 a person would get us the suite, our own security. Um, it would have, uh, like I said, uh, the, uh, the cash bar for the drinks, the food catered. She said they did have a buffet style, that type of thing. So just hang out and, you know, like if we did it on Saturday, right. And just watch the Saturday portion of the draft. Right. right? You could probably try to make a Friday work, but if, if I were to make it happen, I'd have to fly into town on Friday evening. Probably. I, I'm sure I'd have to have a connecting flight out of trial city. So, um, you know, it probably get there Friday evening. We could hang out Saturday, do the draft party. And then I could, you know, hop on a plane and get back Sunday evening and not miss too much with business. So we'll see what we can do though. We'll see what we can do. Um, and, uh, and make something happen, but definitely Nashville this year. Emilio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Calendar. So same thing for you, Donovan, we'll, we'll get you information. It'd be really cool if we could set something up like the night before the game, if people were getting into town one night early, maybe we can grab a restaurant, get a back room, mm -hmm. just hang out and, you know, grab a couple cold brews and, and grab dinner together. That'd be fun too. So there you go. All right. Let's get out of here. Emilio, you got anything else, man? I, I, th I thought that was a pretty fun pod, though, just to kind of dive into what Zach Orr is bringing to the table. And maybe we'll have a, a decision in the next couple of days. Things are definitely heating up. But. Mm -hmm. I like that it's heating up. You know, we're, we're going to be waiting until. And I'm excited for once it, once we actually make that decision. That's kind of what I'm itching for. I, I do like I like all the, uh, the what ifs, but I'm excited to kind of break down and just kind of grind through some tape and see what that uh, see what they bring. And I just. I want to see our guys in it. You know, I want to, I want to kind of imagine where we're going to be with, you know, Quay out there with Jai out there, whoever's out there on our defense and what, what it could look like and where we're, where we're heading, man. Cause um, man, it, uh, it was a great season. So I'm just, I'm excited for the the new DC and where, where Matt's got this team heading and Goody's uh, got us uh, guided too. Yeah. Matt's got this offense cooking and he's got mm -hmm. this whole new identity around this offense. And you see they're completely unified behind Jordan Love. 
Um, you add a couple pieces here or there. You get a new a new voice on the defensive side of the ball. You get a young, excited person like a Denard Wilson or maybe a Chris Hewitt to come in there and just kind of revamp that defense. That would be awesome. Now, there's still a chance that he could hire Brandon Staley and stay with the Fangio style. The hard part about digging into the Baltimore Ravens and even sometimes, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers, you get your hopes up like, okay, whole new culture, whole new this, whole new that, new scheme, all that. And then you turn around and we go with the same old thing. <laughs> that's a that's a big right. <laughs> if Tim was in here right now, he would have hit me with it. He would have gave you Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. There's some people, there's two reactions, right? Some people are going, why ain't we got no sound bots tonight? And there's others going, thank God we didn't have all those sound bites. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I had access. I forgot that I could do all that. I completely I got a, I got the banner down when you were reading. That was a good progress for me. Hey, I, I, I appreciate that. It was a veteran move, by the yeah. way. So all right, guys, we're out of here. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambo. And uh, we'll be discussing any other news that might break. Who knows? By the time we get off here, there may be uh, you know, one or two other interviews that that might have uh, leaked out. Uh, we'll see if anything comes comes of all that and uh, got some really cool stuff to cover tomorrow with Dontavian Wicks and Jordan Love. Um, just some statistics, you know, where he was kind of snubbed from the Pro Bowl, if you will. So not that we care if they go to the Pro Bowl, but it's still just like another chip. Keep keep stacking those chips mm-hmm. on Jordan Love's shoulder. You, you took his turkey leg. Then you, you, oh. you know, you, you, you refuse to even acknowledge that he should be voted to the Pro Bowl. And you're talking about putting Baker Mayfield and other people in over him. So we'll we'll hit on some of that stuff tomorrow, too, and we'll dive into a few other key statistics. But really appreciate everybody hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. Emilio, appreciate your time, man. Appreciate As it, always, man. let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get a nice isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at